Entries to next year's Ahu Whenua Awards are open now. The top award will go to the best Māori dairy farm and another to the young Māori farmer of the year. Now, earlier this month, the book Ahu Whenua, celebrating 80 years of Māori farming, was released, uh, which we'll talk about in an upcoming show. But tonight... Fellow producer of Country Life here on Radio New Zealand National, Susan Murray, took out a top award at the New Zealand Guild of Agricultural Journalists and Communicators in mid-October. Her interviews were about the Blue Duck Station in Whanganui and a profile of the Hape Bee Trust in Benidale, Hawke's Bay, a finalist at this year's Ahu Whenua Māori Business Farm of the Year. Tonight, we replay the segment. Susan is with the Trust Chairman, Hardy Penny. Got a few kilometres of farm tracks to keep upgraded. <laughs> well, well we, we, we try and keep it as um, upgraded as much as we can, but it's nothing nothing like having a few potholes here and there. It slows down traffic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Te B's sheep and beef unit is 4,600 hectares, 3,100 effective hectares, and 1,222 hectares of Ngā Whenua Rahui, or protected land. And there's a bit of forestry thrown in as well. We are just about to get to the one of the higher points on the farm, is it? Yep. Easy place to show off stuff, anyway. Good place to show off, good, aren't you? Ian Valor is the farm manager. We winter about 31,000 stock units, so that's made up of close to 15,000 breeding ewes, um, 4,000 or so hoggets and uh, odds and sods make up the sheep numbers, cattle numbers. Uh, this year we've got 950 cows to calve, but overall we'll start the season with 2,200 cattle. And Angus? Uh, yeah, we're going to an Angus base now. We did have an Angus shearload cross, but I've sort of gone back to an Angus base. We're going for the Angus markets for the stock, so so we're, that's what we're doing there. You get you get the 30 cent premium above um normal schedules so that's what we're doing with that. Yep. Hardy, what is the, the background to Tahapi B Trust Farm? Well it was run by Maori Affairs um, quite some time ago and um, and when they cleared all this area there were a lot of uh, families living throughout the farm itself and then they aggregated all these shareholdings and they formed um, uh, the trust and then in the 1980s and it was handed back to the people uh, there was a debt of six million dollars hovering over it. Uh, the trustees said, "No bloody way, we're not accepting that." Negotiated down to about two point six million dollars, and that in itself was a huge burden when it uh, when it was finally released back to the people. On top of that, the problem was compounded uh, when uh, our people did not have um, experience in mainstream governance or management, so that did not help. But however, um, over the last two years, uh, we paid off the last uh, part of the mortgage of $800,000. farm itself has now moved into a cash flow position. It's not impeded by paying off debt. And um, I'd say probably in about another two to three years' time, uh, we'll be a force to be reckoned with. What's the mission statement for Tahape B? Um, it reminds us that um, if we are to sustain the people, we must look after the whenua. 
look after the land because if you nurture it, look after it, um, it is there is hope that we will be able to provide back to our people. What is the tell tell us a bit more about the land that we're we're looking out at here? Yeah, um, Tahabi is a pretty easy country. It's all pretty easy rolling. Probably 85 percent of it is croppable. So it's um, as you as you can see, it's a fantastic place. It's um, it grows a lot of grass when it grows, but um, the short, our, our growing season is quite short. So we have to uh, make supplements for the winter time when we are short. We, as you can see over here, um, we grow good <coughs> crops. It's a wonderful piece of land. I, mean, I think the people should be proud of what, what they've got. All those pine trees up the back there, they belong to our uh, rich neighbours, uh, Marairo Si, <laughs> our rich cousins. Uh. Although it is uh, easy rolling land, as you can see, it's, um, and we do have bush in each paddock, um, come lambing time, it can be um, treacherous because it's so exposed. So um, three years ago we lost between two and a half and four thousand lambs at lambing time. So, you know, it was just a, a ten-day split where we had bad weather and just blew up, you know, just it was just a... A weather bomb that you just have to farm too, and again, so that's another thing that we we've put our our lambing back slightly. Um, but you do that, and it's still um, you know you never know when weather's going to hit. Mm. So um, we have mm. to bear that in mind, I guess. What's your background, Ian? Um, I'm born and bred in Hawke's Bay. Uh, my my father had a trucking business, and uh, at at 15 when I wanted to leave school, obviously um, you can't drive trucks to 18. So I went to a training farm which was called Smedley, in Central Hawke's Bay, and the idea was to go there for two years and um, then go back and drive trucks. But um, I've been farming ever since. And I've farmed in Taihepi, um in in the Hawke's Bay, and this is the first time in the King Country. What do you enjoy about it? Uh, well, we've got a huge scope here for improvement you know we're we're a developing farm um and it's just we're so central family wise we love it here you know we're, we're not far to hamilton with togaroa talpa we're we're pretty well central and it's just a great place to live and um, important for us as, as pakeha people coming here to get involved with the community community and, and molding them i think we've done that so it's been really good for our children too to grow up in this area and culturally for them um, some places are the only white people around, but um, they don't know that, and it's great. We, we think that's really, really good. In the past, around here was was really spot the Maori <laughs> in terms of employment. <laughs> and now? Um, well, it is a 50-50 split, but ultimately, you know, um, the employment side, we tend to leave it to the managers. That that's the um, uh, responsibility. It's pretty important for a um, for a station, you know, when you've got seven or eight staff, you just sometimes the best man's not the right fit. So you've got to have a mix that people are going to be able to get on and work together. Mm -hmm. That's important too, because at the end of the day, we're we're trying to have a team here, and a team's got to get on. So, who have we got here, Ian? Um, we'll bring David Tutaki in. He's a head shepherd on this side of the farm, and he's also a trustee. Okay. Been here all my life. Always wanted to work on the farm. A lot of work to be done here to get it up to its potential for the next generation. And what uh, do you enjoy about the work? 
Oh, so we love Bailey. Ein Lane. How long have we got? What we few hours? Here now, well, um, this job. Give a noodles. Give a job, could he? See if to work hard. Oh, it's not hard. Just get other people to do all the work. Tell them what to do. <laughs> and some of the people you tell what to do is what someone like Stan. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Stan, you're a um, shepherd here on the farm as well. Uh, general or, shepherd, yeah. General shepherd. What? What's your background to, to coming here? Um, I was a meat worker before coming here. Yeah, I was there for 14 years, I suppose. Then um, I just had enough of the place, and um, brother-in-law asked me if I wanted a job, and yeah, I said yeah. Jumped across the road and really enjoying it. Yeah, what do what do you enjoy about it? Oh, being out on the in the fresh air, telling someone what to do as well. Just snap someone, my dogs. <laughs> but yeah, but now it's good. Everything, chasing sheep. Yeah. Your challenges. Yeah, mm. every day, getting up in the morning. <laughs> good for my kids. Yeah, my kids love it out here. My wife must be an owner too. Be happy being home. I took her away for a little while and then she brought me back. <laughs> Ever see yourself as doing this when you were when you were growing up? Well, it was a dream job to be a farmer or on a farm, but it was um, still pretty. It wasn't right next to the beach. Yeah, but other than that, that's a, yeah, pretty much got my dream job. Yeah, got eyes on these fellas' jobs. <laughs> uh, oh, they're listening again. <laughs> Your job's under threat, that's all. <laughs> oh, that's good. That means my job must be done here. <laughs> must be some other people to help. Come, yes. So I'm now talk, we're now talking to Paul. Uh, our goal as a, as a farmer is trying to get uh, whanau, our own whanau in here to work as well so we can bring them up through the grades, through the ITO training and all that for them. So we don't have to keep paying all these consultants all this money. Stop <laughs> reading scientists. And when do you think you'll see your first ones sort of coming on board? Oh, hopefully in the next five years. Mm. So they'll send you on some courses now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Already started. Yeah. How's that going back to school? <laughs> Hard. <laughs> Learning to read again. Yeah, no, it's good. At least we might be able to get some tickets out of it. You left school with what behind you? Nothing. My bag? Yeah. <laughs> so I left that behind too. Ripped my uniform off and just walked home with a t-shirt and shorts. But now you're ready to do yeah. the, do some study and, and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. If you're going to see rewards, you probably put more effort into to getting it done, eh? And what's the bush like round here for hunting? Terrible. Oh, no pigs around here. <laughs> <laughs> There's no pigs around here. <laughs> you only go out nightly? <laughs> yeah, it's nightly. Yeah. We actually have a hunting policy on the farm. Yeah, it's pertaining to... Uh, you go hunting on the farm, it's for uh, tangy hunters and yeah, for uh, celebrations only, not for just go out there and rape the fennel and that's it. But to keep yourself supplied as well as, as landowners here? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, 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 yeah. You have good social times here with, with farm staff? Is it sort of quite a... Bit of rugby and all that, you know, fishing. Well, there's only one rugby team around here. Mm. <laughs> Been down Wash United. Yeah, I play. Mm -hmm. Me and Ian. Oh. Me and the boss play. Very good. Hey, that's lovely, guys. Thank you. Thank you have a good day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How long have you been involved with the trust, Hardy? 
about 18 years. My mother got a visit from some nannies, and I said to my mum, Cousin, we want to talk to you about your son. And my mum said, well, what's he been up to? He said, oh, no, it's none of that, but um, we want him to join our board because uh, he's got some strengths that, um, that we see as being of value to our people. So when I turned up at my mum's place, uh, she said, oh, these ladies want to have a talk to you. And I said, oh, what about? And then one of them stood up and said, oh, we want you to join our board at, at Te Hapi and Tiro. And I said, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> so I went into the room and I was working on my computer at the time. And after about five or ten minutes, my mum came back in the room and said, son, I said, yeah, what's up? And she said, don't make those ladies big. So, so I had to reconsider then and I went back in and I, I accepted it. I've been here ever since. Mm-hmm. It's been, we've had some challenges, but uh, also on top of that, we've had some major rewards as well. And what are some of the, what have been some of the, the big challenges? A lot of it's all around governance issues. What is governance? People sort of overstep the mark where they then, they love to get down onto the farm and roll their sleeves up, but that's not their role. Your your role is really about setting policy and the strategic plan and working to their, towards that objective. What have been the rewards? Uh, to see where where we have come from on this farm, I recall when I first came on board, Tehapi made a net profit of $36,000 17 years ago. But uh, ultimately I didn't, I didn't hold anything against the previous trustees. That was the legacy that the government had dumped back on our people. You've now increased its net profit too. Well, we've had some good advice around our table. I can't take any credit for that. Uh, in the past, we've had some really good chairpersons. One of them was the Honourable Koro Wetere. And one thing I did learn from Koro Wetere was fairness. You know, everybody can get out there and become heavy-handed and negotiate right to the bottom dollar. But I've always got to remind myself, is it fair? And uh, that's what he has taught me. So that, that's the Waikotomiko stream there, and that's um, we've almost fully fenced that off now as a riparian, part of our riparian plan. Because we've got a big bird, bird colony go through here as well, so... A lot of uh, tuis go through here, uh, kiriri, pigeons, and uh, a lot of a lot of the wildlife beds. So you've got quite a big um, stream planting program in place. Yes, yeah. With uh, we've gone through uh, Horizon with the one plan with them as well to get them all fenced off and planted up. <coughs> Glad I'm not in the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> Never hop in the front. No, as long as you drive and sit at the back. <laughs> and I'm not proud. <laughs> so how many cars have we come in? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> we just we just measure them by gates. <laughs> yeah, no, I think she's about three and a half cars from the backyards to the woolshed. Okay, so we've now pulled up to another spot, haven't we, Hardy? You yep. were you were talking about um, Wahitapu sites yep. on the on the farm. What have we come to here? Right now we're overlooking uh, Timiringa Te Kakara, uh, the marae site. Um, that's uh, probably uh, one of the most important parts of the Venua.
the marae itself or the whare nui was built in the shape of a cross and was built at night time. Um, it's said that it's um, the center point of the North Island and when you, if you're into crystal gazing and stargazing, all that type of thing, um, there's a big following that are convinced that um, that marae itself is aligned to Stonehenge as well as the pyramids in Egypt. So there's a huge following and on um, full moon, you know, there can be a, quite a bit of activity on our farm, which is a bit of a nuisance because gates are left open and all that type of thing. And to do that spot. Yeah, but they're not of our people. That's the, you know, that's the thing. But, you know, we, we, we're nice about it, you know, provided they follow the protocols and close the gates and just ask for permission to come through. How, when would it have been built? <clears throat> In the um, 1800s, one of our queer, her name was Ngaharakeke, she had a, had a dream. I dreamt about this whare being, um, being there for the people. And she spoke to Tafio about it, and he encouraged her to go out there and build it. And they built it at night time. Uh, the uh, building itself was used uh, as a whare wānanga uh, to train a lot of people in all sorts of um, teachings. Um, you know one of those crystal gazes too, are you? No. Run away then. We'll head over there first and show you where the, the whare used to be. When did it burn down? In the uh, 1980s. We get people from all over the world coming here. To look uh, at the... Yeah, uh, uh, um, I think it was not the summer, just going the summer before. Um, um, my family and I were just at home having dinner. We had a knock on the door and there was a woman who'd come from Germany um, all the way to New Zealand, had no maps or anything, and had found a... had got down as close to the pub and then they directed her to here. And she was very spiritual over there. And, um, yeah, she'd come here for three days... And she just she just stayed in a van on site and spent a day here, and um, then left and went back to Germany. So we do have people from all over the world coming to visit. And how would they have heard about it? It's on it's on the sacred sites on online. I think <coughs> one of the most sacred sites. Yeah, yeah. This is the original site here, where the four doors used to be. One, two, three, and four. That pole there in the middle is supposed to be the centre of New Zealand. Yeah, you go yeah. online and and if you um, Google Te Miringa, Te Kakara, you'll find it there. Uh, there's been a number of books written about it. Yeah. The Whare uh, um, um, Kai itself has been fully renovated, fully restored. Yeah, it looks pretty cool from the outside. Panga logs and the tin roof yeah. and... Wow. No power here. Gosh, it's beautiful. Okay, so you, it's match, it's um, tongue and groove with. Matai. Matai. Yep. Lovely. Um, what else do we need to look at, you guys? Aims for the future? Uh, one of the things that we are looking at quite seriously is um, vertical integration, taking control creating our own markets and distribution lines. That's where the big value is, and ultimately we are price takers. We're giving away that value, so we need to look at that part there quite seriously. Uh, we've been overseas, um, myself and a couple of other trustees. We've been into places like Malaysia, Singapore, Brunei. 
Uh, we've also been into Taiwan. We've had other inquiries coming from uh, India. But uh, with the free trade agreement that hasn't been signed off yet, there is a 40% um, tariff. Uh, but in saying that, there, we've had uh, a number of serious inquiries coming from uh, China as well. Um, For lamb and beef? Lamb and beef. It's all about the relationship and the type of partnership that you've got to really consider. Uh, ultimately, um, we must also focus back on our farm and uh, applying a bit more money for development, keeping our staff, attracting good staff. Part of it is all around training and what do we offer. That's a replay of an interview Country Life producer Susan Murray did on the Hapi B Trust in Benidale, Hawke's Bay. We heard from the Trust Chair, Hardy Penny, Ian Vella, David Tutaki, Paul Thackeray and Stan Mikara. The Hapi B Trust has 800 beneficial owners with varying shareholdings. Eight Ririahu Marae receive $33,000 a year, which includes Tangihanga Koha and education grants. This is Tiahi Khan, Radio New Zealand National. I'm Justine Murray. Now, to listen back to any of tonight's segments, you can head to radioNZ.co.nz forward slash Tiahi Khan.